might be a little crass for church or Sunday morning, but I do have, have a question. Which is faster, light or sound? Light. And we know this because some people appear to be bright before you hear them speak. <laughs> or a more maybe scriptural way of saying it, be silent and be thought a fool, or speak and remove all doubt. Today in our first reading, we have that admonition to be careful about our words, to be careful about what we say, and so we, I literally have a preacher's dilemma because we have to use words as preachers to explain the readings, and yet to make sure that those words are what are needed to be said and are words that are filled with grace and, and uh, given by the Holy Spirit, hopefully the Holy Spirit is working through these words. Because we can use words, and, and I'm so painfully aware of this, the, especially these last few years, uh, when I get a little stressed or, or, or whatever, I use a lot of words. Those have, who have been following with the death of my mother on Facebook uh, have seen long posts on computer mouse and, uh, and tributes, and I wrote the obituary and, and various other things, and that's only half of it, because then on the other side, to my cousins, I've been writing other things. We use a lot of words, don't we? But those words reveal our hearts. And so sometimes the words that we have revealed are words of confusion and seeking clarity. Sometimes those words are pain seeking healing. Sometimes those words are comfort, belief, faith. But on the other hand, and we see this, uh, I've seen this these days, although it was in Russian, I didn't fully understand, uh, but in the translation we hear other words of war, conflict, of seeking division, of seeking one's own will. And uh, I did remind my cousins I, that my, our great-great our great-grandfather came from Ukraine, and in particular came from Crimea, and he immigrated from there when he was 10 years old. So we have a connection to this uh, great land that is now under siege, and we pray for peace. But a heart that is faith-filled cannot help but have words pour forth. A heart that is faithless reveals itself, too. But there is a connection, of course, uh, while we speak about these words, the Church in Her Wisdom gives today's first reading with this uh, gospel passage, and, and it is one that, it's a collection of sayings and of Jesus. It's, again, the continuation of the Sermon on the Plain in Luke's Gospel. And the, there is a connection between them all. And, and if we look deeper, we can see that connection. Uh, the most disconnected, perhaps, is can a blind person guide a blind person? I have to admit I saw this happen once as a blind seminarian led a blind priest around and gave him a tour of the seminary. The reason he could do that, though, is he knew that seminary inside and out. He knew the, the, uh, the way to walk and around it and what, what a blind person might want to know about the building. And now we're about to enter the chapel. And now we're about to pass a fireplace. And he wasn't just saying that so that the priest didn't run into the fireplace or knew where he was, but these were the highlights that the priest could get his bearing. And the same is true for in the spiritual life. 
If we know where we're going, even if we cannot necessarily see the way, we can lead others. But it's because of the Holy Spirit leading us. Or the words that we speak to our brother, sometimes those, those words of con- condemnation. Can't you see that's back in your eye? Here, let me take care of it for you. I don't know about you, but I've learned one thing. You don't go digging for a speck in somebody's eye. Unless you're a doctor, you ought not. You're going to do more damage. But Jesus gives a step beyond that we don't go digging for that speck because so often we cannot see it clearly now because we have a beam in our own eye. First of all, get that image in your head. How many of us could imagine having a beam in our eye? A literal beam. And being completely oblivious to it. As I say that, or shared that last night, uh, there's a little video, and it's, it's just... Uh, <clears throat> Husbands, go home and Google it, watch it, uh, because uh, it's, it's a husband and wife, and, and they're talking, and the husband keeps wanting to fix his wife, and she keeps pointing out, it's not the nail, or she has a nail in her forehead, and he wants to pull it out, it's not the nail, well, just let me pull it, you're going to feel, it's not the nail, well, she's oblivious to the nail, because she's talking about some other problem. So often when we go after that speck in our brother's eye or our sister's eye, really it is more about the beam in our own eye. I've learned, and I think most of us probably have if we spend any time uh, examining ourselves, the things I despise in the other are the things I really try to hide and most despise in myself. Or those little acts of arrogance, or the little acts of selfishness, Oh, they just drive me up the wall because I find them in myself. Jesus is instructing us to make sure that our spiritual lives are in right order, to make sure that we do not have the beam in our own eye. Notice he doesn't say we can't remove the speck at all or shouldn't be in, uh, aware of the speck or point out the speck or concerned about the speck, but to make sure that we've taken care of ourselves first. See, we're called to be like a good tree. A good tree cannot help but bear good fruit. And I'm aware, as we say that, that's not literally true. Sometimes a good tree can bear uh, an off apple. Sometimes a rotten tree can, for whatever reason, produce one really good apple. But by and large, a good tree will bear good fruit. A heart that is seeking the Lord, a heart that is seeking to let go and seek forgiveness and seek, uh, seek virtue to, to, to avoid vice in all its forms, that kind of heart cannot help but be good. That kind of heart speaks words then that bring peace, comfort, joy, that bring a sense of God's presence to us. It's that kind of heart that I hope to have. I think that's the kind of heart I hope and I know so many of you have. I'm not saying that not all of you have it. You know what I'm saying, no. And I'm reminded, and I I didn't have time to look, and I know know it's a relatively young saint, but he vowed that never in his life would he not speak a word that was not about Jesus or to Jesus. 
And I think that's something beautiful. He obviously wasn't a preacher, perhaps, although when I'm preaching, it is about Jesus, even if not explicitly. But to consider that, let our words be of Jesus Christ. The words that he wants others to hear. The words that reveal a true wisdom. A word, words that bring comfort. And words, in the end, that praise him. 